news, everyone. I'm back, baby. It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great. Everybody else sucks. Oh, oh no. It's every nightmare I've ever had. Excuse me. It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in sports. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. Jake Seeley, your host. And I think you know that, but just in case you're coming from today's guest, the godfather of the fantasy football world. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. And if you're not following me, at Only Kid, over at The Athletic, uh, still deals floating out wherever. I don't know what they are anymore. Go go over there and shoot your shot, so to speak, and see what deal you get. But you know, if you want to give the podcast five stars, I appreciate that too. But Get all that out of the way. Let's just jump right to it. Like I said, I call him the godfather of fantasy football. Uh, one of the best. Still need to hang out in person for some good times because I, 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 that's the one thing we haven't done. Bob Harris, football diehard. Love you, man. We, we, seriously, we've been way too much online and not real life. <laughs> right. It's been, you know, this is like kind of a theme of my life, though. You know, like most everyone, I mean, when I meet people in, in human form, it's always uh, super amazing. And you are on a very short list uh, that I must make happen. Uh, like I'm a thousand years old. It could end at any time. So we got to make it happen. <laughs> well, for all that, tell everybody, you got also a million shows, a million things going on, work all the time. You're, I, I tell people, I think you work on the magazine, what, 360 out of 365 days. Tell everybody where to like follow your greatness that you sh- I, you've been in the industry forever. They should by now. At Football Diehard on the Twitter, uh, where I don't answer questions anymore. It's the most liberating thing ever. Uh, we'll talk about that if you want. But um, the, uh, you can follow me there and find all my work. But SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, uh, six days a week, various times each day. I don't want to bore everyone. You can look it up in the schedule if you're a serious subscriber. <laughs> uh, but the Football Diehard show, uh, the Fantasy Dirt, I'm on with Fabiano a couple days a week. The SiriusXM pregame show that I've been doing with Mans now. I've been doing that show for years. Uh, me and Mans the last four or five years. And uh, Saturday night, we love doing a show. Love having you on always, too. It's the, uh, they simulcast it on NFL radio and the Fantasy Channel. It's a three-hour extravaganza every Saturday night that, that we're really proud of. So we enjoy that. And also, you know, Football Diehard's website and all the uh, publications, you know, the five magazines, which you're an integral part of each and every year. And we so appreciate your efforts. <laughs> Yeah, and now you see why he never sleeps and never stops working <laughs> on everything all the time. So, Bob, good timing because, you know, if I would have had you on last week, it would have been like, eh, you know, it's just okay stuff to talk about. This week, got some good nuggets, and we might as well <clears throat> kick things off with another rookie quarterback starting. Jalen Hurts officially is starting in week 14 for the Eagles. So, first Jalen Hurts on his own. Do you have interest in single quarterback leagues? Uh, are you fantasy excited for him? And then the second follow-up part is obviously, what do you think this does to the rest of the offense? So I'm, I'm of two minds. It's been pretty horrible, right? So <laughs> it's hard to imagine it not being some form of improvement. Just Carson Wentz hasn't done a thing. I have to be encouraged by what we saw of him against the Packers. Uh, Hurts, uh, you know, I mean, he paid to play like what 30 snaps, 33 in the first 11 games, and they were, you know, it was the gadget thing, it was the Taysom Hill thing. I'll say this, uh, you know, uh, for a guy who had like what 52 touchdowns last season, um, 
He's, I mean, it's exciting. And there's, you know, we've seen when you look at some of the other rookies we've seen this season, Jake, I mean, I think, you know, you have some optimism. Uh, I think ideally for teams that like, I don't know why the Eagles put themselves in this position of, owing, right. you know, Carson wants the money they owe him and then spending a second round pick on Jalen Hurts and, uh, you know, all the troubles that go with that. But in the end, if you want to win football games, you put in the best guy. I think they are – it, it can't get worse. Maybe it can. And I want to say, you know, we catch, we catch the lightning in a bottle thing. You know, he came in and I thought it was pretty impressive, you know, what he did against the Packers. Um, they weren't ready for it. They didn't prepare for it. You know, you give teams a week to think about things and set something up. And I think it can become infinitely more difficult. That said, the success of the rookie quarterbacks this season, whether it's Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, I mean, to a Tonga Vailoa, to a degree, you know, it, I mean, it hasn't been super impressive, but it's, been good enough right and I think for NFL teams you know who haven't spent 128 million dollars on Carson Wentz it's really great to have a quarterback on his rookie contract who can fare reasonably well because you can build a huge you know that's that's what that's what Super Bowls come from right right? I mean having and so you know I don't know that it helps Eagles out in that regard but it you know it at least buys Doug Peterson a couple more minutes and hopefully (laughs) it adds some value to some of the pieces around them although you know, right now, that seems like a narrow band to me, Jake. So let's say you've been rolling out playing matchups with Teddy Bridgewaters of the world and Philip Rivers. And would you go after Hertz? Would you go after the rushing upside that he brings? <clears throat> sure. I mean, yeah, I think that's it. It's the mobility, right? And we, I mean, we've seen it with Taysom Hill, who, you know, an avowed <sighs> Taysom Hill skeptic, you know, I'm, even I have to concede the floor was fantastic or is fantastic, right? And I wasn't convinced he could, you know, win a ball game with his arm when he had to. I, I don't know that I'm still convinced of that, but it was a little more encouraging against the Falcons this, <laughs> this past week. So, you know, maybe anything is possible. I, I just, you know, I, but I am. I think that, you know, the big problem for once is he's getting killed, right? I mean, yeah, that was a big problem, the, that and the turnovers. So, um, you know, anything that limits those turnovers and some of those uh, squashed uh, drives, I think is good news for the Eagles and the, the pieces around him. But that mobility is something that we've seen time and time again that really – even with Herbert, Jake, I'd say, you know, I don't know that I expected – I don't know what I expected from Justin Herbert, right? He looks like he's seven years old even before the haircut. Now he looks six. <laughs> but – you know, there was a, I mean, when you kind of heard, you know, the, the buzz about him coming out that he's kind of, you know, withdrawn and, you know, maybe that's why he wasn't the top guy or whatever. It turns out he's like really withdrawn until you put him in his element, the football field. And then he's aggressive, like in a, like crazy aggressive, whether it's throwing the ball down the field or putting his shoulder into a linebacker. Right. And so I think that, that level of uh, mobility and athleticism has served him well. And I think Hertz is more, that and more. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah. For all the talk about that. I mean, you look at Daniel Jones this year, only eight passing touchdowns. Yeah. He's fantasy relevant because he's running. Like he's, that's, he, yeah. He's his team's leading rusher. It's, it's amazing. Unlike, you know, Cam Newton, good God, 11 rushing touchdowns, five passing. He's going to be setting a record this year. So speaking of quarterbacks, here's a question for you. And this is going to, I'm going to pivot off this to another question afterwards, but you're in the playoffs. You made it here. Kyler Murray's your quarterback. Mm. And this is an interesting situation, Bob, because we had this discussion in our show on The Athletic, and I said, I got asked this question. This is why I want to ask it to you, because here's was my response. I understand saying I'm not comfortable starting this Kyler Murray if he's not running and how he looks, but my counterpoint was this. If you had Kyler Murray, you probably don't have another option to turn to because you probably weren't stashing that good of a backup if you even had a backup, right, Bob? 
Right. I'm not that happy playing the current Kyler Murray any more than I would be uh, upset as hell sitting the previous Kyler Murray, who, you know, I mean, look, as fantasy owners, we all know how this works. You, as soon as you sit somebody, they're going to turn back into the thing that we coveted so much. Um, I don't, you know, we'll see with him, right? I mean, but, but I think that's the thing, that next level mobility uh, in concert with the throwing ability and the high-end weaponry around him gives you a little something to hang your hat on every time. And I would say, you know, with the with the schedule ahead for them, I'm kind of hopeful. I'm, I'm somewhat hopeful. I mean, the Giants are playing tougher, right? Philadelphia, San Francisco. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, look, I, th- I think the, the problem for him, obviously, the, early in the year with Murray was, I mean, and, you know, as any Kenyon Drake owner will tell you, I mean, he was taking all the choice carries, right? He was keeping the good yeah. stuff and making great hay with it. And uh, since the hit, you know, since Carlos Dunlap turned his world upside down, the, you know, the, the average depth of target has decreased. The rushes have decreased, all those things. He was off the injury report last week. Maybe he's almost better. Um, but that's what you're playing right now is maybe he's almost better. All right, then let me give you a quick toss-up. How about this? Week 14, first round of your playoffs. You picked him up because not a lot of people were even worried about him in the beginning of the year. Some might even have dropped him in the midtime. Some people might have dropped him last week because he was on a bye, if you know where I'm going. Would you go Tom Brady or would you go Kyler Murray in week one of your playoffs if you had to choose? Oh, man. I'd probably go Tom Brady as a safer play right now. See? And I think that's where we're at. I'm with you. It's like to kind of think that Kyler Murray is now in that fringy QB range until I, I mean, see he, he looks okay. Run Like, I want to see him feel okay with his own shoulder and confidence enough to start running 40-plus yards again. Right. I think you feel like at least if nothing else down the stretch, you've got Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit facing Tom Brady. And, uh, yeah. and that's, that, there's some appeal there all by itself. And, uh, you know, the, the long, maybe the longer passes will come. He rested. He maybe, got, maybe he feels better. <laughs> so I'm glad Those you said that. guys need playoffs. to take a break. <laughs> they do. So here's, here, I want to get Bob Harris's overall preach to everybody. This is your classroom Playoff strategy, because you get this all the time, like, oh, it's first round of my playoffs. I'm looking at my opponent, and he's starting blank, blank, and blank. Should I start blank instead? Oh, I got this situation. He's starting this quarterback. Should I start the wide receiver to offset? Like, playoff strategy, I feel like every single year, we know the easy answer is everybody overthinks it. Yes. But just what's, what would you tell everybody if first time heading into a league, experienced owner, playoffs are on the line, what now? Quit outsmarting yourself. The thing you mentioned, don't chase the shiny new object. There's a, you know, if you're a fish and they throw a lure in the water and, you know, when you chase it, you know, it happens. It doesn't end well. Um, you know, and these are the things like, you know, I mean, someone, somewhere, somewhere out there is trying to figure out how to get week 16 Josh Gordon into a lineup, right? Because he's going to be, <laughs> he's going to be that Josh Gordon for sure, man. Everyone knows that, right? So, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Don't, don't outsmart yourself. You play, make the smart decisions, step back. I say this all the time, Jake, and it's, you know, it's almost to the point where it sounds like, you know, like a, a cliche, but I mean, you know, divorce the name from the numbers, divorce your emotions from the decision, divorce your emotion or your investment from the decision, right? I mean, look, I know you spend a lot on Lamar Jackson. You spend it on a different Lamar Jackson. You spend it on last year's Lamar Jackson. Um, so far, he hasn't been that guy, and expecting him to suddenly turn into that thing seems like a bit of a reach right now. And if you've been playing somebody better, probably you want to keep playing that somebody better. So, and that you know, I'm using Lamar Jackson as one example, but I think that's a you know that covers a wide range of players, right? And so those are the things, you know, just uh, and if you want to do it to distill it down to a single sentence, don't outsmart yourself. Just stop that. 
like the people who are worried about Josh Allen because of the schedule. <laughs> right, man. He's good. Play him. That's <laughs> <laughs> just like, I got people, and I'm not, look, I'm not trying to mock them because people do this all the time. And there's a lot of inexperienced owners, but there are people who I know looking back, they're glad they didn't. But it was, do I trade Dalvin Cook for blank, low end RB1 people? Because look at his schedule. Right. I'm worried about the schedule. And, you know, these, these are why players are elite is because you don't have to worry about them and their schedule. Uh, so second part of that, how about if you're getting players back? Christian McCaffrey is easy. Right. Like Christian sure. McCaffrey, you plug him back in. But we saw DJ Chark's in a different situation. And all, obviously every single situation is going to have different context. Sure. But do you ever have hesitancy? Let's, I'll just throw it out to you as this bob if it's a top 20 running back top 30 wide receiver do you ever bench them in their first game back um like we see a mixed bag on that right <laughs> so right. uh i would say austin eckler has uh, made a pretty convincing argument not to do that uh, right. a couple of weeks ago in new england so um and and I, but i do think it's a mixed bag and i think you know you're going to look at your options and in a lot of cases we've developed players or we've come across players or found players who are filling that void nicely that we're comfortable with. I mean, I'm, I'm okay playing those guys if we're comfortable and confident. And I mean, you know, Jake, this is, you know, I don't like to oversimplify because you know, our job is to sit here and analyze and do all these things, but uh, play the workload, play the certain workload, mm -hmm. you know, play the guy, you know, is going to have the ball in your hands. You know, I always, it's kind of half joking now, but it's, you know, the first law of flexology, play a feature back over a wide receiver in, in the flex, right? It's easy right? Play the guy. And, and that doesn't mean you're going to be right every time. The outcomes vary, right? There's a wide range of possible outcomes. And, and, and I'm okay with you playing hunches. Don't ask me to my hunch and then play that. Play your hunch if you want to play your hunch. I'm okay with that. My hunches generally focus on workload. I want opportunities. If guy's not getting chances, nothing's going to happen. 100%. I'm with you on that. So I'm glad that that goes right into my next question. Yeah. Assuming there's no Antonio Gibson, do you think the workload is there for J.D. McKissick or how significant of a threat? If you are the McKissick owner, are you saying, uh-oh, Peyton Barber's just going to get involved and McKissick's just going to be McKissick? Or do you think Peyton Barber is Peyton Barber and there might be an uptick for McKissick? That's a lot of K's in there. Oh, both of those things, though, I think. I think those are both correct, right? I mean, number one, Peyton Barber is going to do as little with as much as anybody ever known in the NFL. <laughs> Count on that. And that's going to I don't to know. Benny Snell was making a case for that yesterday. That's true. But that's going to include <laughs> falling into the end zone from a yard out. Once or twice uh, a game is entirely possible, right? With McKissick, though, I think you got what you paid for and then some. And so you're satisfied. Look, could it get better? entirely possible i'm sure jd mckissick will tell you that he couldn't handle this full role he thinks he's christian mccaffrey if you'll recall so <laughs> uh, i'm not sure the i'm not sure the the, the football team oh, yeah, agrees right. with i him. forgot washington had 17 christian mccaffrey's i forgot about right that. right right i'm not sure the football team agrees with them but they might and it's, you know that's a that's a bonus but i mean you're playing him because double digit targets are as likely as not for him and in right. ppr formats you're making out like a bandito especially if he catches all 10 of them <laughs> like he did against Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a super high floor. And, and I like that. And that, again, that goes to the opportunities. It's not true feature back workload, but it's, 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 I, I feel more comfortable playing him than I do a lot of wide receivers. That's for sure. Cause it's just been fairly consistent. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, I'm going to acknowledge our games where he has not come through and, and that's fine. I'm willing to play that again. This is, this is not a perfect world. We don't get what we want every single week. You're playing the <laughs> logical 
plays. And, and that's the amount of control you get over this, Jake. You're going to yes. make the best decisions possible. And then they have to go out and make, you know, maximize or at least, you know, do something with what the opportunities are. And you don't get to control that. You're not throwing blocks or calling plays or any of those things. You're sitting there watching all frustrated going, why isn't he doing what I thought he would do? Well, that's part of the fun of the game. Oh, you, did you know how good of a, oh, wait, hold on, by the way. Hi, Bob. I didn't realize my video wasn't on for everybody out there. That's wondering why I'm doing that. My video's default to not be on. I just realized that. So, hey, hey, Bob, as I'm looking at Bob, he's- If, if I was as handsome as you, my video would default to on. <laughs> Bob's also being such a cool gentleman wearing the Flex Leagues t-shirt for the video that we're, while we're watching, you can't see it. But anyway, I just ruined the segue you gave me because it's okay. the sitting I'll make, there- I'll, I'll give you another one at some point. Yeah, we were being frustrated watching what's happening. And I'm going right to last night's game, Ugh. sitting there watching and saying, and I admittedly had it happen to me, Bob, for the first time ever because I've been, I am never getting Shanahan again. And I did. <laughs> Get because, your ass hand, Shanahan-ed to you. <laughs> and here's why, Bob. And this is why. I still go by what I said, but hey, I got fooled. It took me how many years, but I finally got fooled. As I looked at Mostert's first game back, and I said, sure, Jeff Wilson was involved. But first game back, Mostert led the backfield. The one consistency of Shanahan has been when Mostert is healthy, he's been his guy. And then last night happened. I got Shanahan again. Mostert versus Wilson going for it. Like, is this just now a 50-50? We're going to be banging our heads against the wall and Shanahan again's all over again? Or do you think that was just a game situation? Help, help us understand it, maybe, question mark? I don't know if there is understanding. Because this is – it's funny. I'm with you. I, you know, going into this game, man, I'm all Mostert. I mean, I, I, I can't remember being as confident about San Francisco running back as I was him. And even though in the back of my mind – I can remember when he went out and Jeff Wilson started getting that workload. I'm going, why does he look so much like Mostert? He looks exactly, <laughs> you see that blazing speed. Now, where's that guy been? Every time he touched the ball, I kept saying, turn so I can see if it's a zero or a one. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so the, 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 I think it's just funny because as the season wears on and you get the beat writers on from all these various teams on your radio programs and you, you grill them, I find the guys in San Francisco, the later it gets in the season, the, least willing, the less willing they are to plant their flag on a running back. <laughs> <laughs> For the same reason we're talking about, right? Shanahan. And so, um, look, I'm, st I'm probably still playing Mostert and hoping for the best, but, you know, hope isn't always the best strategy. And maybe you should start opening, you know, one of the things that I like to talk about, is, you know, you, you, it's okay to widen your range of options for a given player. And I think that's certainly the case with him. I would widen the range. I wouldn't widen it so far that I'd be playing Jeff Wilson over him. I think that's outsmarting yourself, right? And that doesn't mean you won't get screwed because you will. Uh, it's just <laughs> it's part of the deal. But I think, you know, you're playing, the, if you're following the logical progression, I still think Mostert is the logical progression. And you can go back to the course of the season, as you probably have already done, and look at the week-to-week -week scoring when he's been healthy. He's yeah. been phenomenal until last night. Yeah, and I was watching, like, that the goal line. That's, I, I got – it was probably one of my biggest tweets of the weekend was I said, when they failed on that fourth down at the conversion at the goal line, I said, that's what you get for not using Mostert. And like everybody, so it's the same thing. It's like, why wasn't he in at all? But so uh, here's what, by the way, are you just not ready for watch? It, Jared McKinnon got zero touches. He's yeah, got to watch, watch. Jared McKinnon is going to go off against Washington. Of watch. Absolutely. And again, this is if you, if you got a beat writer on here, if we drug in Cam Inman or someone, they would be sitting here going, nah, I'm not doing that. 
They just <laughs> won't. Touching, they just know not better. Not answering they, the question. Yeah, they just All know right. better. So I'm glad we're on trust because this is the segment I'm going to get you out of here. I got five situations. I want to know it's your trust level. So you got to pick one side or the other. Who do you trust more? Which player do you trust more? First one up. This is two backups now thrust in two starting positions. We just saw Devontae Booker somewhat of a letdown in his opportunity. And now we have Ty Johnson who replaced Frank Gore and looked pretty good, albeit versus the Raiders defense. If you had to go with one, who would you trust more this week, Ty Johnson or Devontae Booker? Mm, Ty Johnson, assuming there is no Gore. Because if there's right. a Gore, we all know what Adam Gaze is doing. Right, right. Going right back to it. But, but look, so Devontae Booker, I was excited about him like everyone else. Uh, it turns out he's just Brian Hill with a pirate <laughs> on his helmet, right? The guy who looks fantastic in relief, right? Just fast and great. And wow, he looks really good. He looks better than the other guy until you give well, him the full job. Is, you know what? That's a great comparison because the weird thing was is Brian Hill was pass catching with Todd Gurley, takes the lead, stops pass yep. getting passing work Devonte booker same thing stops getting passing work as the lead right again uh, you know i'm gonna play workloads i think uh i think johnson would get a fair workload i'm fine playing that i think Devonte booker is clearly splitting well look there were other guys you know josh adams was in in on the fun and stuff but but I, it does seem like ty johnson took the lead role uh and, and i you know I guess I feel a little more confident with that coming off this last game rather than the big disappointment. Probably we should trust neither of them and hope for the best <laughs> with both of them. Uh, and also uh, you're trying to get me to take a jet over anybody. I don't know what the hell I'm thinking when I do that. <laughs> I know. Hey, it's 2020, man. We just had Adrian Peterson and Alfred Morris finishes top 10 yeah. running backs. Like, you know, watching that- the game though, I thought Ty Johnson looked really good. Right. I mean, Right. You know, he looked extremely competent, whereas Devontae Booker Devontae Booker looked extremely competent against his former team when he got, like, the, what, 16 carries, two <laughs> touchdowns, week 10. He looked super, right? Um, you know, it's probably not been that super since. <laughs> no, it hasn't. All right, so two of these guys, both of these guys, super week 13. Uh, one of them actually also had a super week 12. Well, super-ish. So if you had to pick one, who do you trust more? The resurgent T.Y. Hilton – or the volume opportunity Kiki QT? Uh, it, it, they are not playing in Houston again, the Colts, right? <laughs> right. No, it's been, look, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, and in the Houston game, actually, he was in a lot of my DFS lineups because it was in Houston, and that's kind of his home away from home. So, I mean, it's Vegas I, this week, so. Yeah, so, uh, look, I'm probably trusting QT. And, you know, number one, I uh, look, they both have solid quarterbacks. I just uh, I think this is more of a pass first offense or pass heavy offense uh, and and I think look, he's healthy right now. I think that's the biggest thing for him, right? I mean, he kind of came on like gangbusters when he first showed up or at least, you know, was carving out a role and the injuries were an issue. He's like uh he's like um Will Fuller Jr. without the PEDs. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're taking shots at Will Fuller. I'll take I'll take QT in this one. <laughs> All right, how about this wide receiver situation? On opposite ends, it's kind of a boomer bust situation for this wide receiver. And then it's, I mean, I don't even know what you call him, a running back playing wide receiver with the yards per catch, Juju Smith-Schuster versus Tim Patrick. Who would you want more? Uh, I trust Tim Patrick more. Interesting. Um, yeah. I just I'm with you. I, I, you know, look, he's, he's, I mean, I think for the, he's been the Broncos wide receiver one pretty much all season long while being totally ignored, right? And I don't think it's a great offense. I don't think his quarterback's great. I think he's really good. 
and uh, and easily overlooked. And uh, and I think that would be my play there. I, I just think his, I think he's been super solid. Yeah, I did a waiver show with Chris Harris this morning, and he always says, "Do your top five. And he has to be 33% or under on Yahoo. And I didn't even include Tim Patrick. And I told him this the same reason is because I feel like at this point, you either got in on Tim Patrick or you just don't want anything to do with him. The fact right. that he's still under 33% owned in week 14 is absurd. Yeah. It's so, you know, and again, I think, you know, the, my bigger concern than him is just how bad that offense can be at times. But right. I mean, man, you go back when he's healthy and I think he's a little beat up. But I'm just like looking at the target shares here. I mean, 16, 14, 11, 26, 36, 11, 20, 13, 28. I mean, it's been pretty good, right? He's my receiver 35 on the season. Yeah, I'm all in on that. All right, two more. Quarterbacks. I'm saving the worst slash best for last. Hint, hint. Uh, Quarterbacks. Tannehill versus Kirk Cousins. And I want this, Bob, not just for week 14. I want this for your playoffs. Weeks 14 through 16, you can only pick one or the other. Do you want Tannehill or Kirk Cousins? Let's see. We got Tampa Bay. Oh, you're going to see how different the schedules are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's easy for either of them. Uh, Let me see. Oh, yes, it is. I'm taking Tannehill. I'm taking Tannehill. I kind of figured you would take – yeah. I mean, look, it it starts out in Jacksonville. It comes down to the schedule, right? Yeah, it totally does. I mean, you know, so I think Kirk Cousins, we've seen this same movie last year where – and this is something we do as fantasy managers, I think Jake is in general. We see something early in the season and we decide that's it. It's that. Like the Colts defense is the best defense ever to play defense, right? Except for the last month, they haven't been. But we still go back to that first, you know, two months of the season going, wow, they were fantastic. And, uh, and I think with Kirk Cousins, you know, we go back to the start of the season. He's horrible, right? It's, he's gotten better, man. He just is. The numbers end up being there. He's got great weapons around him. I, I, would, I would probably, in a vacuum, you know, assuming they had the same schedules, I'd probably pick him. Yeah, I like, certainly. but I like, I love Tanny. Look, I love what Corey Davis is doing right now. And I know, yeah. you know, I hope everyone who listened to, didn't listen to me when I told them to play Corey Davis over just about everyone last week uh, feels really stupid about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I feel really smug now. So I'm just doing my chance to get my dicks in. I actually made a case for Tannehill over Kyle Murray until I see Kyle Murray is healthy. Yeah. Going forward. You think that's fair? I think that's fair. All right. All right. Last one, Bob. This is, like I said, this is the worst slash best. You ready for this? Yep. Cam Akers versus DeAndre Swift versus Jonathan Taylor. Um, I'm all Who in on Taylor. Trust? Are <laughs> I'm you? I'm all in on Taylor. Yeah. I do it think. Would be number I do, two. Uh, Akers. I mean, you know, okay. and we'll see, uh, you know, a little worried that he didn't practice to start the week, but it's a short week and it's probably just a yeah, day Yeah, what rest. is with that this year, Bob? I don't remember this last year. I don't remember this before 2020 of this missed practice if we would have had a practice. I don't remember oh, no, this, this is, ever this before. This has been an ongoing thing. I do the injury reports like for years and years, and this is the estimated practice is one of the most frustrating things on earth. The fact that the NFL is so in charge of us that I sit here and spend <laughs> six hours a day, certain days, writing about things that didn't actually happen uh thank you nfl i appreciate that but but yeah so i think uh, so prevalent this year it really is and i think that's more this so this year because of the you know the shifting schedule and the right so but anyhow i i do think you know and i had talked to it was jordan rodriguez from the athletic i talked to in august and we talked again about a week ago you know and and she had said back in august uh, you know basically "Ah, i'm thinking about week eight 
you know? And so we talked a couple weeks ago. She goes, no, I think it's still coming. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little off on my date. And I said, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a moving target, obviously hard to see. And then, you know, the, the Henderson run, obviously the red herring in there, but I do think I, and this is honestly, this is part of the fun of fantasy football. This is a feel thing. Right. And uh, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not Frank Reich. I'm not Sean McVay, but you know, just watching and seeing where things seem to be heading and, you know, calculating that, you know, doing the, the, the geometry there and figuring out, okay, we know what they spent on these guys. We know what their expectations were coming in. They're getting this opportunity. So all of those things. And I think more so for Taylor, right. Uh, in my estimation. And, and look, I was in on him this, this week coming back from the week off uh, based on the week before. Right. And I know Naheem Hines is good and I know Jordan Wilkins is capable, but I know they want Jonathan Taylor. And that's part of, you know, a big part of fantasy football to me is, is knowing what their desired outcome is, right? That's part of it. They have a desired outcome. They want things to go their way. We know that doesn't always happen. They know it doesn't always happen, but they're going to give opportunities that lead to their desired outcome to the degree they can. And I think right now they feel like they can with Jonathan Taylor. And it seems like it's heading that way with, with, with acres as well. Yeah, um, I would rank them probably the same order. And I think that the interesting thing with DeAndre Swift, injury aside, is that everybody's out there is like, oh, Bevel, Patricia's gone. Good news for Swift. Like, what if Bevel's worse? Like, what if Bevel just like – Bevel was there the whole time. He was in charge of that. Um, And also, it was one game, DeAndre Swift. One game, man. I need a little more. Yeah, we do need a little – I would love – Love to get a little bit more, although, I mean, the best team I had is now out of the playoffs because <laughs> no him, no Connor, you know, and no everybody. The, part of the problem with him is, is I do think, you know, it turns out that Adrian Peterson, you know, still has enough gas in the tank to, to ruin someone's Somehow. day there. And I think, you know, I see Malcolm Brown kind of falling by the wayside. Henderson seems to be a little bit beat up. You know, I do think Hines is going to pose a threat all along, but it, you know, the desired outcome there in India is clear. They want, they want it to be Taylor so bad they can taste it. And so can I. <laughs> yeah. We've been waiting for that. Although do you think Adrian Peterson's maybe playing with us with that whole, like, Oh, Deandre Swift doesn't look like he's right. I thought that was great, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, speaking of being great, tell him again at football diehard on Twitter and everything. Sirius XM whatever quick long version tell everybody just where to get your greatness all right i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna say one thing so football.hards.com fantasy football pro forecast cheat sheets magazine draft book magazine football diehards magazine they're all great because jake seeley's in all of them or as many of them as we can corral him into getting him into uh, the series show i'm on six days a week do the uh you know the on demand get in your app and search my name and you'll find me but most of all i want to say i mentioned something i don't do questions on twitter anymore because i yes. hate it Right. So what I'm doing is every Saturday we have a YouTube channel, Football Diehards. Uh, check my Twitter. I put out a link. And so I spend an hour answering as many questions as I can. And I'm really enjoying that much more so than I'm enjoying, you know, it's just, man, the Twitter's taxing and uh, seems like it's not really that helpful for anybody. It's not a forum where you can really expand on your ideas or anything that easily. And so, right. and so, uh, and no one really wants to there anyway. So uh, everyone just wants to be, you know, snarky and I'm, I'm all about that, but uh, I like the uh, live stream. So every Saturday, 4 PM Eastern time. I love that. I love it. And I love Bob. Definitely. This is not, you know, placating one of my favorite people in the industry and has been. So I appreciate coming on, Bob. Make sure you guys are following and check that out. And you can join him for questions. Take the questions to him. It's not bothering me a billion times. So share some of the love. I'll be back next week. Love you guys. Love Bob. Thanks again.